Wow, Jeff, I can't believe you lost. But, you know, I mean, your defense was pretty solid. You take you change some of these roles, you would have won. Yeah, right. No, really. A couple of those roles, I mean, your defense is pretty good. I, mm. I often defend with, like, one thin line spread out all over the place, uh, not by the objective. But, you know. Me. I, I'm getting better, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. I'm getting a little frustrated. Should I? No, no, you should not. Do you um, want me to help you clean up? Here? Um, no, you know, I think I'm going to work on my new uh, organization system, so uh, no need. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just yeah. grab my stuff and take off then. All, all right. right. We'll see you next week for okay. another one. All right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, next week. All, all right. right. See sure. you, Jeff. Okay. See you. Yeah, I got that new organizational system right here. Dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, the Advanced Squad Leader Game. I'm Bullwinkle. And I'm Rocky. <laughs> and you can tell this is our second show of the same night because we're getting, we're slap happy already. Yeah. Although we were both looking pretty groggy just seconds ago. We were, yeah. yeah. We, Jeff yeah. thinking, I don't know if I should make him do a second yeah. show tonight. <laughs> We're going to try it, though, and see. Well, we record 45 minutes. I'll tack on a review of the latest Jim Stoller release of yeah. the old scenarios. I'm actually looking That'll forward to hearing that. That'll take half an yeah. hour. I'll look at them in a little more detail. Yeah. Then we okay. gave the Cholm scenarios. But, yes. And there you go. It'll be a great show. It'll be another good show. So It's going to be episode 95, I think, right? 95. 95. Holy cow. Yes, indeed. We're really, we're getting within striking distance. You know, in two months, we're going to have episode 100. And I can't even tell you how many people have called (laughs) (laughs) volunteering and wanting to be on our 100th anniversary, our 100th show. Are you serious? Oh, I can't even tell you. (laughs) You I cannot tell you how many people have called. (laughs) So you're not serious. (laughs) Well... No people have called. Nobody's I'm, called. I'm, I'm going to put together, it being summer, we talked about this last show, try and get some ASL extras in there. Yeah. But I am going to pull together greatest hits. You are. Of our show. Okay. And it would mostly be an ego. It's going to be tough, yeah. <laughs> ego trip for you and I. Oh, tough to find any greatest yeah. hits. <laughs> yeah, according to who? According I don't know to what me. you're using for a, for a measuring stick. <laughs> Myself. Well, I keep thinking at the you know at the ninety ninth show we will get a call from somebody like MMP is going to drop a big like a big bomb on us and Perry will show up at the door or Chaz will or maybe all those people we lined up for interviews will all email us on that day and say since you've ignored us for a yes. year yeah two years we are going We're to coming over by... to pull up in a bus oh I thought they would withdraw themselves from oh. the interview queue no um, nobody would do that and. You know what? Putting them off only makes them that much more eager to be on the show. Well, in fairness, the one gentleman, Mr. Don't remember. Mr. Uh, said he thought he should wait anyway as the game has developed. And a Korean There we developer. go. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's absence all very, makes very the heart true. grow fonder. So that somehow fits right. But there's plenty, plenty to do. Plenty to do. We gotta get to 300 episodes covered. Games. Did you say 300? The rules 300. Wow. It's, Could be done. How many years have we been doing this? Five years. For a hundred shows. Yeah. Ten more years. Ten more years. I'll be sixty-three. I will be forty. <laughs> Think quick. <laughs> I'll be forty twenty-six. <laughs> Twenty in twenty years. Yeah. So you're six now. Oh, I mean, ten years. Yeah. So you're sixteen. Ten more years. I, yeah. It, I, I don't see I don't any know. reason. It could to it stop could at happen. the moment. Yeah. No. No reason. But that hundredth episode, that's going to be something. We're going to have to do something <laughs> special. No, we got to do something. Special. It's going to be so unspecial. You're I probably right. It's going to be a huge oh, letdown. We're, we're going to be all what depressed. You, what do you do? I mean, it's just we've already done everything. You know, what we should do though. We should call Dominic's and we should get some food, like lay out a buffet. <laughs> Bunch of food and do have, a round table, have music and stuff, and just wait by the door for people to show up and to, <laughs> no, to come and congratulate us. Oh, come in and have something and to eat. And we've got them. drinks here and the balloons. Yeah, we should start thinking because it's going to hit. It's just like everything else is going to come upon us, and we're going to yeah. go, Well, it's time for it. And if we don't do it now, we'll never do something. So, what's really wild is the Dragon's Landing guys. If I remember correctly, are they still doing that? No, they got to oh. episode ninety nine, and they talked about a big hundred, and they never ever did a hundred. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was ninety nine, and they just turned it over to. I think yeah, they turned it over to some other guys to do the show, and they started calling it ninety nine point one, ninety nine point two, oh. ninety nine point three, and they never came back. The original host. Wonder why they like they just couldn't stand each other anymore. I, no, I think they got along really well, and they had a great rapport, and they were very mm. entertaining. Hmm. Um. They just moved on to doing like Ren fairs or songwriting, and didn't is that what was, is that what our destiny is, Dave? <laughs> We're going to be doing Ren fairs and songwriting. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. Well, actually, I could see you doing a Ren fair. I could do a Ren fair, yeah. <laughs> and I could see my we'll become World War II reenactors. That's an idea. Somewhere I just heard recently. Where did I hear this? Someone was meeting the war reenactors and, and discovered that they all really don't like each other. <laughs> nice. Well, they're, because what's their common, a lot of them, they're a common thing, right? Yeah. They join, they like this history bit. Right. They like to dress up in it. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed to say I dress up as a Roman guard periodically, yeah. walk around the house. Laura mm. likes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she likes the leather skirt <laughs> you wear. But they don't have and the other metal things. Best breastplate. You know? they, they don't have other things in common. What difference does they that don't make? know each other? Yeah. So they all go to the encampment for the weekend. Yeah. I don't know. I can see it happening. And then one guy has one concept of how they should do it. The other guy has his concept. I, I don't know. I could. I could see. I guess I could see it. Yeah. Where you'd have some problems and conflicts, and oh, that guy's such a nerd. How you know? I hope I'm not like him. Getting into yeah. this kind of thing or. You know, as, uh, I don't care if I don't have anything in common with somebody as long as they're interesting. I think that's fine. I don't have to share the same interests. But they also need to be interested in me. Now, I've got friends, some friends I've had since high school who uh, have, oh, no, have no interest in Can I go in lay you? on the couch and talk? <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. They don't like me, Doc. 
<laughs> no, I'm very interested in them. I'm always asking them what they're doing. I have friends, they play golf. They, they're in real estate. They're in business. They're, one guy runs a summer camp. I'm always all over what they're doing and how they're doing it and what's going on. And I'm fascinated by it all. Do they ever ask me, how's it going with the computers? No. No, I bet not. How's your squad leader doing? No. How's your podcast going? No. Because I think... This reminds me of a couple episodes ago. I was complaining about my kids don't love me either, Dave. (laughs) You do complain about all that being loved a lot, Jeff. You're lucky lucky you have me. Yeah, I am. You're my one and only Um, friend. And we don't really like each other outside of squad leader. We as Americans... Yeah, of course, that totally falls. Why I think we could yeah. do 300. I can't see us having a problem that can't be resolved swiftly. No. Yeah. In fact, our the way we do a show is we just say, oh, I'm going to, I want to do this. Okay. Yeah. Now I'll put my stuff back in the bag and Jeff will do his stuff. Yeah. We don't pre- even plan the layout of the show. It, it's like no. we just have stuff to do. Bring it to the table and go. I want to do another show on heavy metal music. Though. No, okay. Then I'm leaving you. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, fantasy novels, maybe we can. I yeah. think we should do a World War II podcast. And, it, and we take some of the same book reviews and move them into it. And but I know you're hesitant on I it. don't know. I don't know. I don't see it. But yeah, it's possible. Maybe. I, I want to keep talking about um, it anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, and we always say we'll, we'll talk about it. We never talk about it. <laughs> Everything else. Well, what yeah, what do we do when we get together? We do the show, and, and we, we game or we play now. squad leader. We start we the game. You know, together. we you don't have a lot of time. We don't spend a lot of time where we're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. So we need to find a way to do that. Where it's we're true. just sitting and just shooting the breeze. My, part of my problem is, as a friend, or I guess, is that I I always feel kind of like, oh, but we could be gaming, you know? Yeah, and, and so it's hard for me to stop. We do. We've done date nights with our wives. Yeah. I do a quad date night with a couple as well. One's getting divorced, so it's a tri-date now. And um, But I we schedule that in, and I go, oh, there goes a Saturday. I, I can't do a guy's night yeah. or a D&D night. You like to get a, stuff done. I, it's, maybe I do. You're just feeling like you need to get... Let's I know do. The, the other night you came over to game. Yes. To go ahead. And it was a beautiful <laughs> was night when, outside. It was when it was Charlie a, killed the rabbits. Uh, Winston, yeah. Winston. Killed the rabbits. Oh, sorry. It, um, it, was, um, it was a gorgeous night yep. out. And I thought, you know, we're in Chicago. It's only nice for about three months out of the year. And I said to Dave, why don't we just, you know, I just, I said, we can play. I said, we were going to play. We can play. But we could also just sit out here. And uh-huh. Dave said, no, we got to play squad leader. <laughs> Pretty much. I know I hesitated <laughs> and then said, well, we could do both or something, right? I mean, yeah. And we did stay for an hour, and it and was we did. very enjoyable. And it was nice until the dog ate the rabbits. And <laughs> we got, got scared. We got a little nauseous and had to go inside. We and we frightened. had a very nice squad leader engagement, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it was fun. You're right. I, I, pro- I do produce like a lot. Yeah. It's you like, like to tick things off your list. You like to have a list and then tick things off. The yeah, list. but I'm, I'm, I've always been creating. and Yeah, you do a lot of creating. So I enjoy it. So the podcast is creating. I have to be creating something. Sometimes I'll just be at home and go, oh, I have to record something for the show. You know, or I have to, I have to do something. Um, yeah. And I'm painting. Uh, I used to make these model heads of uh, out of clay on wig stands. What? I, I wanted to be a makeup artist. What? Yeah, I wanted to be a makeup artist. In Hollywood. Do you watch that show? No. I, About makeup artists? No. I should. Oh, yeah, I it's on one of the channels. They do like fantasy makeup. No, yeah. It's like I, who, I wanted who can to do be, the best makeup? 
a anyway. makeup artist, and so I. So you made clay. You heads? know, Planet of the Apes. So I took modeling clay. Yeah. And put them on these styrofoam wig stands, which were hard to find. I saw that on Quincy once. I think. I what's Quincy? That show with Jack Klugman where he's the DA. Oh, yeah. he's, the, he's the right. Maybe. Guy. And ping pong balls for eyes. I mean, I used makeup techniques I was learning yeah, in these books. There cool. was no online. So I was reading Famous Monsters magazine. There's another ding, ding, ding for you listeners. Could get something to comment. Oh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going, huh? I'm going to bet you someone will email going, Dave, Famous Monsters. I loved it. And um, it was all about film monsters, right? And yeah. Forrest Ackerman was the producer or editor. And so I would you know, come across this makeup stuff. So I, oh, ping pong balls for eyes. And I would paint the iris oh, on, yes. glo- glaze it, gloss oh, it, you know, yeah. st- wrap it around the clay around it, modeling clay, paint the clay. Or it, Actually, yeah, I think I painted the clay. Yeah, yeah. I found that you use grease, kind of a grease paint makeup, grease paint uh-huh. on it, and it didn't crack up like regular paint would, glue on craft fur. I did the Planet of the Apes, guys, some of them I did. Quasimodo. I mean, I think I had like 12 of these on a shelf at one point. 12 heads on a shelf. I think so. It was kind of scary and weird, I guess. (laughs) It's a little just thinking about it. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I have one photograph of these things in the background. Oh, I'd like to see that sometime. And I so regret not taking photographs of all those, all my model kits. Then I get into model kit making, which you know I'm back into now. Yes. As the listeners well know, I'm still working on Bride of Frankenstein. Might be done in a week. Um, it's hard to get the lips right. <laughs> it's just hard. And the sculptures are on the model kits. The painting of the lips or the actual molding yes, of the lips? Yes, both. So anyway, I, I just have, and I became a painter. painted fantasy Tolkien scenes. They're yes. not really very good. Canvas painter. Canvas yes. painter. Went to art school. Yeah. And... Then I started into the miniature wargaming, as you've seen the painting everything. My yeah. oh, friend yeah. Chris would say, you're on a quest to recreate the entire world in miniature. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. Making barbed wire, making trees, making, you know. So, yeah, I tend to make a lot of things anyway. Yes, and we got into that because... I'm making a podcast. You're making a podcast, yeah. So there you go. And I wanted to jump back to about friends not listening. It's very disheartening, and we all need to be better listeners, except I think you. I think you've got this down. I know I do. I realize when I'm with you, I'm talking too much about myself. And you're such a good listener that I I feel encouraged to keep going. Yeah. Well, you're interesting. But (laughs) you're very interesting. Or selfish. I just want to talk about myself. You're an interesting subject. (laughs) But people don't want to listen. No, most people are just waiting for you to shut up. Yes. They really, you know... You think they're, that you're having a conversation with you, but they're just waiting for you to shut up so they can talk about yes. themselves. And I encounter at my work, people will interrupt the story. Have I said this on the air before? Possibly. And the person's not done with the, sto- the punchline. Yeah. And, they don't, and the other person doesn't know how to stop the interrupter. But I do now. I'm a 53-year-old crotchety old man. Yeah, it's the beauty of, yeah. of reaching so I can 50s. Just say, you can be crotchety. I can just say, hey... Um, Wait, wait, wait. They weren't done yet. Yeah. Wait, they weren't done. Real nice. And then, okay, um, finish your story. <laughs> and they get to the punchline. Yeah. And, I mean, it's that bad. How can you not, not understand this person's halfway through the story? <laughs> you yeah. know? There's a, a reason they're telling it, and they haven't reached it yet. For most people. They yeah. Have a reason. I don't know. It's an interesting phenomenon. <clears throat> but 
What are you drinking there? Are you enjoying that? Konig Ludwig Weisse beer. And yes, it's 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 good. It's not outstanding. Konig, of course, is the German word for Oh, King. Uh, yes. King Tiger. Yes. Konig Tiger. Yeah. Ludwig is the German word for to pay. A, 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 a Ludwig. Is that oh, on your head? Oh, yeah. Yes. A wig. That's a heavy wig. No, I don't know. Ludwig's a name. King Ludwig Weissbeer. of Bavaria. White beer. A Weissbeer. Wheat. Hafeweizen. Hefe. Hefeweizen. As cattle. Cattle and, wheat. And you know, I'm surprised it's not. Is uh, this chewed by cattle regurgitated? Yeah, yeah possibly. <laughs> They're cud. Cud wheat. I'm tasting this and. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. It's actually kind of uh, dull. I was going to say, and I, I was thinking maybe Not a lot of flavor. Maybe I'm too used to American over the top brews lately. I'm wondering, you yeah. know, the IPAs. The IPAs the are very strong. Ultra tasting. bold. The yeah. banana beer we had the other day, which I love. Remember that? <laughs> the banana beer. Remember that? Yeah. I'm not a big fruit guy in my beer. But... No, but you know, the clove flavored beers, the chocolates. Yeah. yeah. That. It could be because we just. We had the martinis earlier <laughs> in the other show, and, our, and which are very flavorful in a different way. Yeah, but maybe our taste buds. But th- this is just not. It's just kind of flat. Uh, now maybe no, it was it's imported. Um, so. Maybe it was, you know, cooled off and heated up and cooled off or maybe. something. And because I noticed beer will do that, but anyway, we it's not that. Yeah, good. I like the hefty. But I will, I will not hesitate to finish it. I mean, I like the um, Shore. Yes, I like that. Heffy Bison would be better. Yeah. So, no offense. Yeah. Nice label, but... Yeah, no offense. No offense. None Please ever intended that, on this show. Don't, don't let that keep you from coming to our 100th episode with, like, a big truck full of beer. <laughs> Are you going to be serving that Koenig's beer? Because <laughs> I'm not coming then. <laughs> Gladly. So, we should probably get on with the show. Well, we have no letters. No letters left. But we We've have them all. audio. Oh, good. Excellent. Inputs. Yes. What do we yeah, call them? Because, well, people have Re- called in and... Record a letters. Yeah. People call our, our secret number, which is on our website. It's not much of a Including secret, this one from Alan Hume. Excellent. Hi, guys. This is Alan from Edinburgh. I just had a thought. Um, is there any supplements for ASL that deal with the Korean War? I'm sure I saw a third-party supplement somewhere once that was dealing with Korea. But I don't think there's anything official. It would probably be quite easy to make a Korean War supplement, being that much of the hardware was pretty much identical to that used in World War II. I was wondering about that. I'm sure I saw something, though. Do you guys know anything about this at all? Cheers, guys. Well, hey, Alan. Thanks for uh, chiming in there. Yeah, for thanks, sure. Alan. Appreciate we that. We do know there's going to be a Korean War pack, uh, historical no, not a historical game. Well, we not don't, historical? We don't know. We don't know exactly what form it's going to come <laughs> well, in. Well, we are going to interview. But it is going to be an official product, right? Yes. Yeah. From MMP type thing? From MMP. Yeah. And I, I, it's been quite some time since we uh, had any interaction regarding this, so I'm not remembering much of the details, but there, there's no surprise there. Um, it's Kenneth Katz who's going to oh, be yes, doing the right. project. Ah, it's all coming back to you now. Uh huh. Because I found his emails. Okay. And uh, 
It might come out before Hakapale, actually. Oh, that's very, very <laughs> that's likely. Very likely. And there were other small scenarios that came out with, I think, one or two may have been official or it may have been third-party products yeah. that were Korean War scenarios. Yeah. And so he's absolutely right. A lot of the hardware is the same you can get. And, you know, to be honest with you, to get me to learn more about the Korean War, the Forgotten War, right, I think yeah. having the scenarios will help me to go and learn it. Yeah, because you don't know much. It works that way. Why is I, that? In fact, I teach it in two days at school as opposed to a month on World War II. Again, it's part of a larger Cold War. Yeah. Cold War, I take, you know, five, six weeks on. Wow. And it's entirety. It includes Vietnam. I like to do a longer on Vietnam because it's the war we didn't necessarily achieve our objective. And uh, I think that's an excellent question as to how, why we did not. So yeah. we ask that question, spend more time on it. Korean War, draw or a victory, depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah. Some say a loss because we didn't free the North like we changed our goal to be freeing the North. But well, you know, see how I like to say freeing the North <laughs> as an American. But uh, let's face it, communism at that time and today in North Korea is pretty stinky. Yeah, the systems they have of it. Yeah, and so and I don't think this show even appears in Korea, North Korea, the two half squad. Oh no, I don't think we're yeah. allowed. So in. they're yeah, <laughs> they're very backwards there. Now I'm thinking of that satirical song, I'm So Lonely, sung by the North Korean. Oh, yes, from uh, Team America. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so lonely, so lonely. (laughs) Why is everyone so stupid? Why aren't more people intelligent like me? I'm so lonely. We had to do a little editing on this. Yeah. There no one, just me only. This is supposed to be Kim Jong, the late Kim Jong-il. I work really hard and make a great plan, but nobody listens, no one understands. Seems like no one takes me If you haven't seen Team America World Police, in Jeff's opinion... And I like to refer to myself in the third person. It is the funniest movie of all time. <laughs> well, it was pretty funny. Funniest movie. I have in, my in conservative sensibility that yes, you do. I would have skipped two particular scenes <laughs> yes, in in the film. Although and those I, were the ones that were the funniest. And I did rewind them and watch them many times. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, you can't believe what I'm seeing. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Well, it was the pretty vomiting raw. one was a little bit too much. Yeah. Well, that was the, what you watched yeah. was the uncut director's uh, whatever. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the edited so one. So that's why. That the wasn't, released one would be yeah. different. Yeah, the ones that oh. were in, in in the theater had cut a couple of scenes that were little on the edge but probably the ones I'm i like thinking those of. yeah probably <laughs> no know. doubt don't be telling me you like them or this I podcast mean, will just, end in 100 episodes thought my head was gonna pop right Hello, off. who is it oh, it's one of my clients calling how the hell with the clients <sighs> fix your own computers i get a lot more yes, work done if my clients would quit calling me <laughs> oh my anyway well, that was thanks Kim jeff Jones. for yeah. that little delightful break <laughs> yeah yeah and now so we were. Did you, you were, have something? Yeah, Korean? you did an attack. 
review. Oh, Attack. That yeah, Attack. Went over real movie. well yeah. with the, for a film I hadn't heard of. Yeah. A lot of listeners had, had heard of it and liked it. And mm-hmm. In fact, David Williams chimes in here. Oh, okay. Uh, before he does, yeah. But that Ronery bit, you know, and it's, it's, it's so fun. It's like so to live in those regimes. Yeah. It's a farce. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Because of course you're lonely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the, yeah, the really. humor of the song. And isolated. It's like, do you... Nice. Drives me nuts. I mean, it collapsed the Soviet Union. You look at the same thing. People, how long are they going to be put down? Yeah. No rights. And it's like the lies are so obvious that they know they're lies. Yeah. You know? And I... I it's crazy. It, it's... It's like I everyone... always think the, the guys <laughs> running it, Kim Jong-il and Kim Even... Jong-un, crazy. I mean, certifiably nuts. And they're I, running the thing. I they're think, running the country. I, yeah. I mean, it's hard to not argue that that's the case. Yeah. And even China. And how do they this, stay in power? I don't know. Cut, well, and China cutting the all the communications, you know, I mean, I, censorship. Yeah. It's like everybody knows you're censoring everything. Yeah. So who are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, what, I mean and then in the Soviets, it's quite Gorbachev. And I know he's not always popular with Russians, but... Causing the breakup of the Soviet Union, but you know that was doomed. Yeah, it was doomed. Again, how long are people going to be put down? When information is flowing, uh, um, <laughs> it's it's pretty hard to to keep uprisings from happening. Yeah, I mean it's like we and so along comes Gorbachev, basically saying like, why are we lying to ourselves? Yeah, I mean we all know we are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's quit wasting all this time who, and who effort. Are we kidding? Yeah. Let's just move on. But, oh, well. Let's not get started on the Middle East. But, any, oh, no, no, not this show. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, we'll not only be Ronry, we'll be dead. So, back to the attack. Yes, the attack. Are we about the attack? Okay. Uh, David Williams chimed in. With Thank you, his, David, in advance. I can't wait to hear opinion this. opinion of the film. Hi, this is David Williams in Carlsbad, California. And I sent you a couple emails. Um, and your show is great, and blah, blah, blah. Um, anyways, I wanted <laughs> nice. to make you aware of a movie that I was not aware of oh, he, uh, called yeah. Attack. And I consider myself very knowledgeable, but I want to give you a brief review because I just ran into this on Amazon streaming when I was just hunting around. Excuse me, David, I'll interrupt. But, yeah, we had done the review. He didn't know yet. He hadn't got to the episode yeah. yet. So... So anyways, Movie Attack is from 1956, and it's by Robert Aldrich. Now, Robert Aldrich is an interesting director. Um, first of all, his greatest movie, in my opinion, is Kiss Me Deadly with uh, Ralph Meeker, um, and is uh, just a great one of the great film noirs. His probably his most famous movie is uh, The Dirty Dozen, and he had a career that was kind of... Uh, just up and down and uh, kind of slowly disappeared. He did do uh, the, another great movie, Play of the Phoenix. Um, it's always worth looking through his uh, his filmography because there's a lot of good movies in there. Anyways, so the movie Attack is based on a play, and it has, it retains some of the theatrical feeling, you know, uh, you know theater experience, except... They do take it outdoors, and it's in the outdoors that I really think that the ASL 
player is really going to be fascinated because it has everything. It's got running in the open. It's got tanks. It's got machine guns up in towers. But really plays very much. There's major scenes that are very much like uh, like a scenario in uh, in NFL. So the basic premise of the movie, the, the actors in this, it's just incredible. I mean, for a movie I've never heard of. First of all, Eddie Albert plays a cowardly captain, um, and his performance is all over the top, and it also is injured a bit. I'm going to go off here for a moment, but it's got the music is by Frank Duvall. Now, if you're old enough, you'll know Frank Duvall was in Fernwood Tonight uh, as Happy Kind and the Mirth Makers, but he also does the great soundtrack for Kiss Me Deadly, so he's an interesting direct, uh, uh, composer. Here, the music is over the top. It's got a lot of uh, hints of themes and things in it that are just make it silly, and it's probably uh, just it almost can ruin this movie. So, anyways, <laughs> you've got Eddie Albert. He's the off the wall captain. They're in a small town. Uh, he's going to drive his men to go take over this go run into this uh, small village that's mostly bombed out. Anyway, we've got Jack Palance in uh, just a great role. Lee Marvin in a strange lieutenant. Uh, role that he's in, and tons of other people who you'll recognize, including Buddy Epson, of all people. Um, but anyways, highly recommend the movie, again, for the ASL player, but also just to see this interesting uh, performance, because it does have two parts. It has the dramatic talking, uh, there's a lot of it, because again, it was a play, but then it's got the great action scenes that are out there. So I do suggest giving it a watch in the movie is called attack all right Jack. do you remember your review what you think um well i agree i agree with him i thought it was it, it did have that theatrical feel and uh you know you could look at it by today's standards and think that the acting was a little bit forced and things but it was also i thought very progressive for the time and uh, introduced some interesting themes. The action sequences were very ASL-like because they were small order, you know, uh, squads attacking a town. So I thought I really could relate to the ASL in that. And uh, good movie. I would recommend it. I'd recommend it. Yeah, and I think you did. I have still not seen it. Uh, did you have it, or did you rent it, or something? I rent. Netflix? It was on Netflix. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm supposed it's to one do. I, I picked off of Netflix. <clears throat> do I talk about the list of things to do? Yeah. I also have the film list. Oh yes. Aaron and I are finishing off the Planet of the Apes TV series because he's the youngest oh. kid, so he yeah. likes them a little better than the older kids who. But the films were great. Yes. Uh, the ki- kids, older kids, like the films. First two or three particularly good yeah um i'd say the first four well it's a different topic i suppose but yeah. but that's, that's for our planet of the apes podcast the yeah oh yeah we'll do a whole podcast is there one? series of podcasts uh, all on planet of the apes i don't think there is one probably not um but a lot of things to view as you and i talk about constantly we still haven't watched stalingrad we're gonna get to gonna watch right that. and there's the a new Pacific stalingrad coming up you know were. there is in the theater yeah oh didn't know that i sent you a link to it. Oh, I'm so glad you don't remember something. Sent you a link. There's a new Stalingrad movie coming up. Made in Russia. Uh, yeah, Sent you a link maybe. to it. They have the action sequences, and it looks amazing. Okay. 
but I think it's also a love story. Got to get the dames into the movie theater. Yeah. Wasn't that the love story theme? Uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry then. Oh, love well, is never having to say you're sorry. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you could be right. That might be a love story. But anyway, oh, God. You're killing me. Well, <laughs> I'm playing your role tonight. The uh, One more voicemail. Oh, good. Rich Fulcher. Hey, Jeff and Dave. This is Rich Fulcher calling from beautiful Sunnyvale, California. I tried playing StarKit ASL four years ago, and I enjoyed it so intensely, I quickly graduated to full ASL. I wanted to call today to encourage listeners who haven't attended an ASL tournament to seriously consider trying one out. Last year, I attended my first, the ASL Oktoberfest, and had such a fine time, I'll definitely be returning this year. I had some worries about booking that first trip, you know, at the time, I'd only played about 50 games of ASL, mainly with the same opponent. I was worried that I'd be either outclassed by the veteran players or that the tone of play wouldn't be as lighthearted as I enjoy. I didn't even have worried. All the games were very enjoyable. All my opponents were gracious and pleasant. I lost more than I won, but I learned a tremendous amount from those games. As with so many topics, the act of just immersing yourself in ASL for a few, day, a few days, as opposed to playing once a month, really helped me identify bad patterns in my play and gave me the chance to see how better players handle a variety of situations. The tournament itself was extremely well organized. There were lots of one-day mini-tournaments covering a bunch of themes, plenty of space to play, and finding pickup games was very easy. I'm so glad I tried it, and I hope to see more tournament newbies like me this year. Thanks for the podcast. I've been listening to it ever since I started playing. And best wishes on the next 100 episodes. Newbie. Newbie. (laughs) With scorn. Hey, thanks for the congratulations, Rich, and thanks for listening. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. That was a nice message. And really a good um, endorsement for for people that are afraid to get out in tournaments. Get out there and get into a tournament. Yes, I'm not going to, but... (laughs) Well, you appear to record at them. Yes, I do. Occasionally. I appear at them. Uh couple things, yeah. One, you're going to be outclassed. Yeah, so what? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, that's... Nobody seems a, to mind. No, and it's a great place to, as he said, to go learn. Yeah. So accept the fact that, I mean, if you're worried about being outclassed and don't, you know, stay home and play the the easy players, play the new guys all the time. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So that's a good point. Also, David Goldman needs a few more attendees here at the Chicago Open. It's ASL a very nice. The ASL Open is a very nice tournament. It's worth the trip to come into Chicago and play at that tournament. And costs went up just enough on him that you know, getting his normal number of players uh, needs about ten more guys to show up. So yeah. everybody bring a friend uh, or Rich, come on out to the ASL Open. We'll get to meet you there. Uh, so thanks for that wonderful. And if you and if you if you come, Dave Goldman will give you a back rub. <laughs> That's, or really not, needs, if you really are uncomfortable with that. If you're the last, if you're the last ten people, <laughs> back rub and a foot rub. So thanks for that one wonderful uh, voicemail. We'd like to hear from everybody, so give us a call. Check our website for the phone number. Come on, and folks, just, call. Just Listen to those a call. great variety of calls, you know. What have you been playing lately? <laughs> What have you been playing lately? You are really regretting making that recording now, aren't you? I, I, 
Uh, yeah. you know I was gonna it's pull amazing that out the of stuff sh- that comes out to haunt you. <laughs> and once it's out there on the net, <sighs> you know what they say. It's immortal. You'll be going for a job interview somewhere. And yeah. They'll say, what about this little recording, yeah. oh my Mr. Hallett? <laughs> well, what have you been playing lately, Jeff? Well, um, actually, I've been playing Amateurs to Arms with Mike Lemke. That's right. That was on is this not table. A, which is not a squad leader game. But it's an interesting game about the War of 1812, a card-driven game. I think it comes out from GMT. And uh, Mike and I have been playing it, and it's very fun. We're not done with it, but I moved it off the table so that you and I could play. Actually, when you came over to play Squad Leader last week, that Amateurs to Arms was still on our table here. Yeah. So we had to resort to the sofa table, and we sat... We sat side by side instead of face to face, and that was a little different. Did you get a picture of that? I did, and I posted it on Facebook. Oh, okay. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> so now there's things about me floating yeah, out yes, there. floating. Yeah, on the internet. Yes, on your next job interview. Hmm. Ah, so you sit side by side to play squad leader. Are you crazy? <laughs> but we played a great scenario. You and I did. I, I enjoyed this scenario, uh, taking heads. I am, because we're doing. Uh, kind of a PTO series. I thought we should keep playing some PTO games. So you picked this. Where'd you pick this from? Action Pack. It's AP fifty nine. What's oh, it from? Action right, Pack, because I was trying to finish off the a journal, trying to play things in order and complete everything, which is impossible mm-hmm. now. And I've just kind of resigned myself to that fact. I think. Thank you. So congratulations. You were like, let's play Japanese. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's none in this journal that I'm oh. finishing off. So what's the next task? check on the checklist complete the action packs ah of course so i jumped into the next action pack now we did play all the italian ones together yeah all but one you and i yeah that was quite a that you should put that on your bragging rights thing and so i found three japanese scenarios because you wanted to play the pacific as we yeah. are doing a lot of specific specific yeah pacific specific pacific it just seemed like a good yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get those people out of here. So, Just like these groups of people walking through, laughing at us. So, yeah, this, so this takes place in uh, the Philippines in January, 1st of January, 1942. And it's uh, obviously the Japanese versus the Americans. And I played the Americans in a defensive position. And I was supposed to hold buildings. And you... We're supposed to take buildings or clear the road. Clear the road or exit points. Get some exit points. And uh, so this used, and it was kind of a long, you know, lengthwise, kind of a long, yeah, long board. It long fit board. well on this long, skinny table yeah. we used. Board 3A. 3A. Now, remember those were the new Fortenberry Action Pack Decade of War oh, boards. Oh, yes. Okay. That are what? Why? I can never remember how they're different. They're like wider. Or yeah. They fit along the edge of two parallel yeah. boards, like long ways. Yeah. And they fit on the end, or I forget. But So it was an interesting yeah, configuration of board 3A and board 48, kind of sideways. But um, it kind of surprised me because the Japanese started on the north end. And you actually, your first turn, all you did was move way onto the board. Nothing, not not much happened. Yes, and a lot of scenarios these days, trying they leave those portions out and they condense yeah. the game down. But it's only a seven turn game, right? And, and I enjoyed having that run through. Now, one of you thought and later of course that you might have put guys up. 
further? Yeah, and of course it was one of those where as a defender you have to make the decision, do I want to put my defenses out in front or do I want to hold back and and dig in and, and make it difficult for you toward more toward the end game? And I decided to hold back and let you just... And that may have been a mistake because there actually there was some significant open ground and, you know, fairly level terrain for you to cross. I mean, there were some kunai fields that you could have gotten some cover from, but other not, than not that, much. It's not, not much. A, it's not a TM, it's just a yeah. hindrance. Right. Uh, I remember you pulled a tank up to cut me off there, and of course, that was the one group I had with the P... With uh, the ATR. ATR. And you blew my tank up. Managed to hit it and kill it, and they were coming up to hunt that tank down in the woods. It also has a river that's dry, and so... Yeah, dry the, river. The Japanese have an option of running across that and trying to exit, and so I think you did a good job of covering that. Yeah, so I had the but, entire width of the board to cover, so I kept most of the infantry toward the buildings, and then the two half-tracks that I had, I kind of had those positions so that they could cover in case you were making your your way around the, the riverside. Yeah, and they're thinly armored, but they do have a gun, 75 or 6 gun. Yeah, 75. Mm-hmm. Yeah, American 75. Then I had an AT gun. Yeah, that came out. At, Which I had. Oh, that was well-placed to cover the river on the left and to be able to turn and cover some of the buildings. Right. I had to take it the end game. And I ended up getting to the end game, uh, but I took a lot of casualties going in. I really thought Jeff you was going to win. Yeah, you did, actually. It was like, wow, half squad. Wow, leader dead. Oh, another leader dead. You know, racking up the points. And I thought hard to recover from that. But, of course, once the Americans start breaking and routing. Right. And I can lay fire on them and keep them DM. Right. Which you did further back, yeah, from the victory buildings. It took you maybe two turns to get across the road, the main road. You took a lot of damage getting across there, but then when you did, yeah, it started to once you, yeah, yeah. And you had to one stack. I remember that like wouldn't break for anything, right? And we had a machine gun and leader, and once they went, yeah, yeah. So really, uh, you know, pretty simple scenario. Not a lot of PTO stuff coming into play, other than some kunai, some right. jungle, and but of course the Japanese. If you're if you haven't played a lot of the Japanese, this might be a good one to get you started. Good point, because you're you'll get plenty of practice striping those Japanese instead of breaking them. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a lot to deal with as far as heavy dense jungle and searching and you know that kind right. of, that kind of stuff right. that goes on. So, American defenses with some wire. Oh, I hit the wire. That was well You did placed. hit the wire, yeah. And I went ended up having to go around it. It was frustrating. Balanced? I, I would I'd say. think so. Yeah, I would say. Uh, the, the, you know, if you had decided to try to get exit victory points by going out the south side. Yeah, storming everyone across. Um, I did have a roadblock, which you never did. Oh, fine. That never right. did come up. You never got that far. Yeah, on the road. It. I like the scenario because it had a lot of different ways to win and it made the american really have to think of a lot of different ways to defend right there wasn't there wasn't one way to defend right like stop the exits <clears throat> just cover all the open ground or yeah whatever. and i had played with dave timonen uh diversion uh j135 from that journal i'm trying to polish off yeah and it is of course the suicide creek another one of those i've covered most oh, of those okay. on the air so i don't think i'll say much about it the Americans win a game in if there are less than or equal to two Japanese squad equivalents with line of sight to any stream hexes. So still trying to cross that clear the stream. And I had one with the Japanese against the Marines and yeah, seemed balanced and, and fine and fun and um, I'm enjoying those. We have one left of those. 
So, so it's another scenario with Suicide Creek? On the right side of the big board. Oh, okay. You know, you can see it again highlighted here. And so it was the action on the far right side on January 3rd. And they have this big scenario, Muddy Mayhem, which we already played and talked about. And where was that? Was that Guadalcanal? This is New Britain. Okay. Yeah, which I don't know much about either. Yeah. I think that is the scene in the Pacific you and I saw together yeah. in that second episode, I think. I remember that. Night, I, I, night Battle? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I've seen it at Suicide Creek in a couple of movies. Oh, okay. And... Um, but I can never remember exactly where it is. So New Britain. New Britain. Okay. And yeah, again, it's down it's there by New Guinea and yeah, the South Pacific there. Hard for me. Yeah. Need to place always too. North of Australia, getting close to Australia kind of. That must yeah. have been an interesting time to live in northern Australia. Yeah. And they felt threatened. I mentioned before on the show meeting yeah. an Australian guy and he was saying, you know, thanks for being there. And I said, thanks for fighting. And he was like, yeah, you guys saved us. So that's a good small one to start off if you're just going to play a smaller game before you get into the big games. Yeah. We shall seize the bridges. It's all a question of bridges. With thunderclap surprise. I love the smell of my pub in the morning. It smells like... And I understand you've been busy, Dave, watching movies rather than working. Yep, that's what that introductory theme music is, the movie review portion rather than working. Next, I watched Enemy at the Gates. Ah, Enemy at the Gates. Well, that music... From Enemy at the Gates. Have you seen it, Jeffrey? I have seen it. It's been a few years, but I have seen it. It's well, I movie. thought the opening scene, I don't know if you remember this one, with the wolf. It's the hunters. And the Russian grandfather was with the boy, and that was going to become the sniper. And he's training his rifle on the wolf, coming up to eat a horse they tied up on a stake. And beautiful. Snowfall, this great you know photography and beautiful scenery and thought that whole opening thing was really great showing his background as a hunter and then we're off to cross the volga do you remember crossing the volga oh definitely boats yes that was a horrifying scene that's probably why i remember it yeah lots of guys getting shot at and on the water they're crossing without weapons uh it's got um commissars in it for you asl fans Yes. Who might be listening. Yes, exercising their right to shoot troops for <laughs> trying to uh <laughs> Yep, they land on the, on the other side of the Volga. They, they go into the whole human wave bit, too. Yeah. And then I thought we'd look at the acting. Or while, while the music's up, battle scenes. The Volga, the nice bombing run, comes in on those ships. Yeah. Beautifully filmed movie. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know what year that was, but 
the effects and everything were beautiful. I thought seamless with the movie. Yeah, I think if you saw it again today, you'd start to see a little bit of the datedness of some of the effects. But, oh, really? But not a whole lot. Yeah. And they were, the integration of them was very well done. Right? Yeah. Uh, so for battle scenes, you got this nice bombing run, some infantry tactics attacks shown in the film. Um, great battle scenes. Yeah. Great sets. Yeah, very good sex. 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 <laughs> Oh, you said sex. I thought you said sex. Now there was a scene with sex when the the sniper and the woman had sex. Yes, on the during the middle of a battle. During the they had sex during the middle of a battle. No, I, you know I, I don't think in a, in ninety five episodes I don't think we've ever said the word sex I on this show. I think you're right. I think we're going to stop now. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they did, and that uh, the. So now you're making me jump all over. Yes, yeah, sorry. sorry. Ah, the romance. I have a little section called the romance. Not sex. No, the romance. The romance. Could have done, I could have done without the romance. If, oh, go on. Say more. Uh, I wish. thought it detracted from the movie. Holy crap. I thought, what's that doing in there? And it felt to me like the director thought. Uh-huh. Uh, we got to get some, some women girls. into the theater. I, you know, I, I can't help it. It's a war movie, and that's that's what I think when I see that kind of thing. We got to, I see it a lot in older movies. They, you know, we got to have some little romance scenes before the, even if it's just the soldier before he leaves, uh, you know, yes. for Iwo Jima before John Wayne leaves for Iwo Jima or something. He's got to uh-huh. kiss his wife goodbye, and I just think, come on, let's just get on with the war. Um. But I, I thought it detracted from the movie. It, it just seemed like out of place to me. And I wrote exactly, here's the quote, the romance may have detracted. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good to show that the Russians had women integrated into the troops a well, lot more than the American army. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, my students have always kind of wondered, wait a minute, women in combat in America? Do other nations do that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the ancient... Sarmatians actually had young ladies go out and retrieve a head of a enemy warrior and bring it back before they could be married. Yeah. Really? I don't know if it was Sarmatia. I think it was. Um, Did you read that in the Conan comic book? No. I read that in the... Actual history? War. Well, they're the wargaming army books, but they're very well researched. Okay. So, and they pull it, and they have sources and everything for those... Again, you could debate, but like you can a lot of you know Roman history today. Right? Yeah, you can debate. Right. Um, speaking of Roman history today, the history of Rome podcast. Yes, outstanding. One guy does it, humorous in a real low key way. Good scholar, quick. I mean, concise, really complete. Recommend that to you. I'm going to try it. Uh, I'm going to try it again. I actually have started it. Oh, it's a it's a Complete set, right? It's like 70 episodes 100 or something. and something now. Oh, it is. Well, oh, is he still going? No, he's done. Yeah, because Rome fell eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with a podcast like that. You run out of stuff you, you eventually. End. The empire falls. What are you going to do then? ASL goes I got nothing forever. else to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll give it a try again. But yeah. we digress. Women in combat. Yes. Women in combat. Um, yeah, so the romance thing... Yeah. Didn't quite fit. So Jude Law, did he had some romance? Was that the deal? Let's talk about the actors. Vessel, well, wait. I didn't finish my battle scene. Oh, okay. Your battle scene. Um, oh, 
Great sets. Everything was covered in dust. If you really looked, yes. the faces, the buildings yeah. were covered in dust. Looked like Stalingrad. Yeah. Not that I was ever there. No, but I heard it's dusty. <laughs> and it's not in the desert even. No. So it's like rubble dust. Yeah, rubble dust. Hey, ASL could use a rule called rubble dust. Rubble dust. And if you're covered in rubble dust, you get a plus one on your concealment die roll. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, And it did have... The fountain that I love with the dancing children. Yes, I know how you love that fountain. 60 episodes ago. Yes. Yeah. And there it was in the movie. I think one of the listeners emailed and said, oh, Dave, you remember this is in, or have you seen this? Right. And Jude Law lays in that, um, lays in the fountain or something, or hides in the fountain. Yeah, right, right. Sniping out of it. Yeah, sniping out of there. So that's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, that's cool. It really is. Yeah. Um, I noted that I like the black and white footage better of that fountain than the color footage in the movie. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. And so now you we'll, want to talk about the acting? Well, let's talk about the actors. There's mm-hmm. uh, Jude Law. Can you talk um, about the way they acted? Yes. Okay. Um, and I thought he did a good job. He played the Russian. He played the Russian sniper? Counter sniper? Not sniper counter. A sniper. He played a Russian sniper. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then uh, Ed Harris played the German sniper. Correct, and did a very good job. I, yeah. I thought the acting was good. In, yeah, in general, those were the two big actors in the whole thing, right? Correct. Yeah, and you had a certain Roger Rabbit star. Oh right, who played General? Uh, did he play the general? He played Khrushchev as general. Oh, he. Khrushchev or, Khrushchev or Zukarov? I had forgotten too. Or Zukov. No, it was Khrushchev. I'm thinking of Gary Zukov. No. Anyway. It was Khrushchev. And I'm like, oh, oh it was. Okay. it's Khrushchev. I didn't realize he was a general in the war as much because I'm thinking Chukov or Zukov. And, right. You know, Khrushchev. Yeah. Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yes, played by um, that guy from Roger Rabbit. Bob Hoskins. Yes. And I noted that I was just unimpressed with the guy from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> uh, it seemed a little too Russian. Is that possible when you're playing a Russian? Well, I think you can overplay a character and have it not come out quite right. Uh, a little too Russian. Like uh, a char- he ends up being a caricature of himself. Uh, kind of, know. yes. And I thought Jude Law had some nice moments, especially after Perlman got shot. Understated actor, though. Which yeah. You know, so I'm not like, oh, this was a great performance. Um. I was unimpressed with the young commissar writer dude. Do you remember this guy? He had the romantic interest in the girl, too. Yes. How do you remember these films so well? Very good. Jeff hasn't seen it in how many years? Well, that's probably been six years or something. Uh, and So he was the commissar writer dude. He was yeah. publicizing the greatness of the sniper. And I thought his acting was very one-dimensional, character very stereotypical, yeah, um, always deceitful in the gung ho commie type. You know, I mean, it was like, oh, we have to really show this guy as deceitful and gung ho commie type. And then the next scene, oh, we got to show him as deceitful. And then, well, show him as something a little different than that at some point. Yeah, uh, very low key acting. Also, um, when he fell in love, he looked the same as when he was writing his propaganda. That's true. I thought. Yeah. So. Music. You just played the music. Yeah, by James Horner, great conductor. Did Titanic and uh, did he Aliens? Do Titanic? Yes. Aliens. Yes. Many films. Many wow. Films. I wrote his score was a bit redundant. Hmm. I didn't really care for it, 
But when I listened to what you played just now, I was like, wow, that's really good. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm accurate in that or not. Yeah. If I see it again, pay more attention. Maybe the themes came in too often or something. Or maybe Could they be. overused the music. Maybe the director overused Right, because the director would make that choice. You know, I don't know how that choice is made, but I remember, um, you know, there's been some great music scores, not to diverge too much, but I think they are just horribly overdone. Um, If you've ever seen Dr. Zhivago, Uh it's got that very famous... Lara's theme. Lara's theme, which they play... Over and over. 423 oh, okay. times, maybe, yeah. in the film. It's been a while since I've seen it. But using I... every instrument ever. Does, you know, one time it's an accordion, one ukulele. time it's a harmonica. Yeah, yes, the, uk- the ukulele, the bongos, the didgeridoo. <laughs> it's, but it's, you know, and after about an hour and a half, I'm just like, just, I'm just going to turn the volume down. You're and taking watch the a movie. great melody yeah. and overdoing it. But that's, I find that a lot in the David Lean films. Hmm. Uh, same with Bridge on the River Quiet. So just maybe overdoing it. But anyway, you know the thing is you notice it. You noticed it in the film, and that takes you out of the film. It yeah. takes you out of the experience because you're thinking, "Oh my God, I've heard this before," or whatever. So they didn't. It didn't quite melt for you. I yeah. get that. Yeah. Uh, I had a few criticisms. Um, why did the snipers stay in the same building? It was like he would go, okay, the next day I'm going to go back and he's going to be there. Yeah, I never thought of that. It's like, why would he be there? Because it's in the script. Well, but, yeah. I mean, there's a whole big city. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge city. I, you know, unless there was this target area. Yeah. They never made I, that oh, I didn't clear. Think of that. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I swear. Unless I saw it wrong, listeners, let me know. That the snipers stayed in the same building. Like, okay, I'm going to go back into that yeah, tunnel thing again and right. come out over this way yeah. this time and find him. What? What? Right. I think they would move constantly yeah. around that city. Um, dialogue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, still did. Uh, now, my son, Adam, watched this with me. Uh, and we were confused at times. Now, that's easy in our cases to confuse us, but <laughs> we didn't realize that Koenig, Koenig? King? Yeah. Is that the name of the other sniper? I wrote Koenig and thought, thought he hid Vasily, and so he came out in daylight. I guess that was part of the plot. And we're like, what? Why did he come out? Oh, at the end of the movie, he comes out walking or something, and I'm like, why is he walking out? And, oh, we thought he hit him, and we, I, I don't know. He and I both didn't quite get it. Okay. I don't, now, I don't, I'm not remembering it's it like that near well, the end. but yeah. But, it, but that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And sometimes we thought there may have been some symbolism we weren't getting. Hmm. You ever get that feeling? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that must mean something. Yeah, but I don't know too, what. Too bad I'm too stupid. Yeah. To. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll have to read the book. And then this is uh, my second time watching the film. Um, but I'm glad I saw it so I could help teach history to my son through it. Yeah. So it's a great vehicle for that Stalingrad thing. And and would I watch it again? Would you watch it again? Um. You know, I, I, I would not put any effort into watching it again. I wouldn't put it on my list of things to watch again. Okay, but I, I would thought... say if it was, you know, if I was stuck in a hotel somewhere and there was nothing else to watch, I would probably watch that. There, there you go. That's yeah. what I would say, too. Yeah. Good things. It was suspenseful. Yes. Maybe too many sniper face-offs. Yes. Maybe one too many. Yeah. And then historical accuracy. Well, I just pulled this from online. Jean-Jacques Arnaud told the studio... 
didn't write down who he was, but that he didn't want it to go out with the tag, quote, based on a true story. Hmm. And he says, quote, I wanted it to say based on a legendary duel, as we are saying for the publicity in France. Okay, so was he the author of the story, maybe? Yeah, it could be. So apparently in France they said based on a legendary duel, and in America, based on a true story, uh, Paramount Pictures said to him, quote, you may laugh, but for our publicity, we have to tell them Stalingrad was a real battle in America. I think historically it had said that it was unclear who Koenig may have been, the actual German sniper. Mm-hmm. Vasily was a real person, of course, yeah. who said he dueled a dude who turned out to be a big sniper dude. Beaver, Anthony Beaver, one of my favorite historical authors, liked the sets but felt the story was false. Hmm. Just, Interesting. I mean, that's just a little snippet I pulled. Yeah. And added in here. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the movie had great potential that it, that never was realized. There yeah. were there were a couple of really outstanding scenes, you know, the crossing the Volga River I thought was an outstanding scene yeah. you know, for an action sequence. Few bits here and there. I actually like the scene where one of the Russians is running and he's jumping across the opening. Yes, and he gets uh, that's and, and shot. the sniper's oh, Perlman, Ron Perlman, the caveman. Oh yes, right. That was him that got. Oh, that's yeah, right. I'd forgotten about yes, that. Yes, it just came back to me. You know, I just thought that was a great, you know, nicely filmed and a good moment. But I thought overall the film was kind of a letdown. Just never really took me. Yeah. Near a 10, nowhere no. near a 10. You know, no. I thought it was like a 6. Worth watching? Like, yes. Yeah. Sets? One time. Battle yeah. scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Vasily so. himself, that, that history of the sniper. And, yeah. 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 So. All right, Jeff. Well, I was hoping we could get to a little um, terrain time, bridges, or some more Japanese rules. And we are out of time for recording tonight. And so... You've got a uh, review of... The Rivers, Rivers to, to the, the Reich, Reich. Mm-hmm. which is uh, ASL 15 ASL scenarios and uh, some overlay sheets from the original squad leader stuff that Jim Stoller has been reissuing. You remember our interview with Jim Stoller? Of course. And we had done the Turning the Tide pack earlier yeah. together. So I just did that by myself, you know, and I'll tack it on to this show. Nice. And we'll call it a day. All so right. Here is the Rivers to the Reich. And now for something completely different. All right, we're taking a look here at Rivers to the Reich ASL Scenario Bundle. And first of all, this is uh, by Jim Stoller, playtesters Wayne Hadaday, Jeff Leonard, Jim Mel, Bill Stoppel, Lee Tenkersley. Proofreading by Perry Cock, Klaus Malmstrom, and J.R. Tracy. We've interviewed many of those people on our show. And layout by Chaz Argent. Cover art, Nicholas Escoobie and... Overlay art, Kurt Miller. With special thanks to Spence Armstrong and Kevin Valerian. Valerian. And this completes a series of three scenario packs. First one being G.I.'s Dozen. I've played all of those. The second one being The Turning the Tide. And I've not played, I don't think, any of those. Uh, and then thirdly, Rivers to the Reich. Uh, is of course, not a complete game. It says ownership of the complete ASL game system is... Required to play all of the scenarios therein. But it doesn't make sense you need the complete system because there's no Japanese in here, Marines or anything. But maybe some of the boards are used from those I do not know. But 
the first thing about this pack that makes it different than the other scenario bundles is it has the overlays. Yep, all these overlays, and inside the front cover it says GI overlays in ASL scenarios, and it lays out which scenarios from the original GI um, are used in on what boards and in which scenarios with their name. For example, scenario U45, which was GI scenario 42. It's bridgehead on the Rhine. It uses overlay E on board 6. And then it lists some modifications down below because the scenarios included in Rivers to the Right use the GI overlays in their board configurations. Previously updated scenarios did not have the GI overlays available and used existing overlays. So there are some changes that can be made to make them more official and true to the original squad leader, not advanced squad leader, scenarios. And so you have these wonderful overlays. And the interesting thing is they're mostly mixed terrain, a lot of them. The majority are mixed terrain. Uh, and there's a square water obstacle. Square, interesting, I don't have never used that one, but directions for cutting them out on there and everything as per your normal overlay. So that makes this pack a little extra special for us here. Then, looking into the scenarios, the first is U34, the doorknot watermark. And it is got boats. It has small rafts. Eight counters of them. Germans defending, Americans doing a crossing. Some very interesting special rules. Three full boards laid out there. Uh, four, five, and forty. And um, the night rules are in effect along with this. Heavy current flowing south. That makes it fun. And prior to set up, the American secretly records six target hexes for pre-registered 100mm plus HE harassing fire. Assigning each target hex an order of resolution from 1 to 6, representing the order in which an FFU will be placed and resolved in a target hex during six successive player turns. Interesting. Very interesting, like, chain reaction, it's called here. Uh, bombardments going off and very large, too. So that looks like that'll make that scenario fun. Next up, U-35, Semper Paratus in Holland, 1944. It's got five pillboxes on the defense here. It's a smaller game, four turns. Looks like this should become a classic at some of the tournaments for those Sunday afternoon quick games uh, or for my uh, passel nights when we're on a weeknight. That's one you've got to be able to play. Nice. Operation Switchback U36. Another beauty. 15 Turner and six full boards and the Leopold Canal Holland. British Germans again, like the last one was. I didn't mention it. Small rafts, large rafts. Actually, the Canadians. We're just talking about the Canadians with Helen High Water. Is that last show or this show? And special rules, again, some cool ones. Uh, wow, a bunch of uh, Germans got OBA, Canadians got OBA, air support, and uh, the Canadians can place footbridges and some hexes, a squad equivalent, and a non-beached large rat, um, 
in a non-beached large raft automatically places a footbridge and it detects at the end of the German close combat phase provided it declares an attempt. So that seems cool. Just a lot of nice flavor to these. I'm, I'm liking these too. U-37, Schelt Fortress South. Holland again. German and is that Canadian or Brits? 155th Brigade, 52nd Lowland Infantry Division and it's Brits, I believe. The <laughs> eight boards all laid out together. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of like the the culmination kind of scenario pack. You get to put everything out there. 17 Turner. This looks like a uh, big one. This looks like kind of a last bid kind of thingy, but of course I th would say with mm, half the units or less even, making it much more playable. So try this one, folks. Uh, it's got the assault boats, so again, water crossing operation here. The Germans have it, and a ton of guns. 9, 10, 11 guns, all firing probably across the river in support of the crossing against the British. Hold up over there with a lot of vehicles and a radio. Radio's on both sides, so yeah, we're bringing out everything to play these. No, I don't think there's any exceptionally special rules there like in the other ones. Holy cow, U-38 clearing the Breskin's pocket. 34 turns, and this seems to be a two-part scenario combining U-36 and U-37 with 34 game turns. Turns not used in U-36 are used in U-37. In U-36, well, a lot of special rules here, but I think the gist of this is rule four after the Allied player declares U-36 is over, each player makes a die roll for each possessed malfunction, non-captured weapon, support weapon. On a 1-3 to three it's repaired. On a 4-6 to six it's eliminated. All Berserk fanatic units and heroes return to normal. All prisoners, blah, 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 are removed. Yeah, so this is like a campaign game. And seemingly kind of like treating U-36 as after day one and into day two. And the units from U-36 are added to the German at start OB of U-37. Uh, when you start the second scenario, you add in the dudes from the first that have still survived. Um, wow. So, it's like, I don't know, is this the genesis of the campaign games? I do not know. I never was an original squad leader player. And after all those mega games, it's time to look at a smaller one. U39, The Clearing. Board 2, half a board 2. Six turns. I think the Germans got three squads. Minefields, pillbox wire, you know, nice little defensive setup. And incoming Americans, 9th Infantry Division, six squads, and the usual couple support weapons. Coming in, Americans win a game in by having a squad or more in any of three or four hexes. And I'm not looking at the board, don't know what those are right now, but there's a little break from all those mega games. U-40, Vitality 1, is uh, takes place in Holland also. There's a whole lot of Holland here. It's all Holland. 
Yeah, looking like it so far. 1944, of course, and it's a 13-turner. Uh, Medium-sized number of squads, so a lot of turns, but not a lot of things to move. So a long board and a half added on the end of the long board laid out. And it's got some interesting weather conditions. Gusty, overcast, rain, and some scrounge wrecks laying around. Give that a little bit of difference in that rainy, gusty weather. U41, Infatuate 2. And this one is about 10 turns here and, oh, 10 squads or so per side. Germans got some AA guns, pillboxes, trenches. British win a game end if they all German guns are eliminated, captured. I like that one. I like those kind of conditions, getting rid of guns. I haven't done that in a long time, it seems like. Um, and the, the British got this Avre, A-V-R-E, vehicle with this 200mm gun. Really slow movements, and I know I played that. I th I'm sure I played that in some game, but... Oh, maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm thinking of the bridge layers. Maybe that one hasn't seen play yet, or for me. Uh, and so there you go, Infatuate 2, U41. U42 is Stand Fast. It's in Germany, 1944. Uh, board 3 has the overlays, as we talked about earlier. Um, six turns, and wow, Germans have two squads, two leaders, and two light machine guns. <clears throat> Interesting. And the German, during setup, designates two ground-level building locations within a setup as supply points. The American player is informed of the existence of a supply point as soon as it is searched or entered by the Americans. And to win, they win immediately when both of these supply points are eliminated or it came in if there are no unbroken German units still in play. Wow, that should go real quick for you, I would think. I mean, just bust those German units. The Americans got five 747 paratroopers, so it's the... Uh, yeah, stand fast. A real quick play one there. And U-43, the Rohr Bridgehead in Germany. 13 turns, lots of units. Looks like 20, 30 American squads and a ton, and the L, LVTs coming on. 12 of those, so must be another water thing going on here. With the Germans winning a game in by having a good order squad equivalent in our observer in building 3M2 or on a level 2 hex, hill hex, with some reinforcements coming on. And the river is deep with a heavy current flowing west again, so yep, more water landing actions across rivers. The Roar River to be specific. And 44, Operation Varsity. Ten turns. American Germans, Germany. And nice little mix of units. And some parachutists coming in by airdrop. So, again, lots of, you know, this would, I don't know, these, I, I'm amazed that there's been so few paradrop 
games scenarios made since the early days of these these ones here uh, as I'm discovering these old scenarios for the first time. And U45, Bridgehead on the Rhine, another water crossing. We have some Sherman Ducks, I think. Nope, DD Tanks going in, not Ducks. And uh, big old four boards laid across there and in Germany. British Germans this time. U45. U46 encircling the Ruhr. 15 turns. And another two-part scenario with uh, two different board configurations on the same scenario card. Encircling the Roar. Some SS Germans. And uh, again, the special rules are unique in that at the end of the part one, you set up for part two using the different boards. You kind of reset things like... Um, Shocked AFV, roll for recuperation until recovered or eliminated, and then you roll for the weapons again that's repaired or not. Same kind of deals before, like a campaign game thing, I'm assuming. And then Americans enter the units that exited off the north edge of the board in Part 1 into Part 2, and then the Germans have some special setup requirements there. So, again, very unique kind of thing. U-46, encircling the Ruhr. U-47, a small town in Germany. The, again, Canadians going up against the Germans, trying to take the small town, facing a 88 AT gun and a 76 AT gun and some conscripts and a lot of tanks coming on for the Canadians and a lot of units, too. So it's 10 turns. Looks like the Germans got to be doing some kind of fallback thing. Well, they got to hold the um, buildings on one of the half boards at the end of that game. And U48, the final scenario, the Ragtag Circus. And it is a six-turner. I call it almost a medium-sized one because of all the vehicles. Three, four... Trucks, a couple Jeeps. The, German, the Germans got a Jeep. I guess they got a captured Jeep here. And four, uh, three tanks. But, eh, maybe small size. Six turns. I'm sorry, that was the Americans. The Americans got a Stug? Yeah. Sorry for that long pause, folks. Thought I looked at this one a little closer, but the German AFV and the American OB are manned by infantry crews. So I guess we got some captured German armor fighting vehicles. That would explain it. Yep, it's a full mix of German and American vehicles for the Americans. And uh, the ragtag circus. Maybe that's... Well, of course, the Germans are really ragtag. They have eight, one, eight, three, eight, two first-line squads, two second-line squads, two conscript squads, 10-neg, two-liter, 8-0, DC flamethrower, DC and a flamethrower. So six turns. Looks like that's a nice tight little one to also uh, get done in an, even, in an evening. 
So that's the review of Rivers to the Reich. Looks like a huge variety of stuff in there. A lot of creative kind of ideas. And I'm impressed. Okay, well, thank you for that, Dave. Well, you're welcome. Appreciate that. And, and 95 is done. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's sew it up. Let's yep. wrap it up. Let's fold it up. Put it in a package and ship it off to our loyal listeners. Thanks, everybody, for being out there. We appreciate it. And uh, we got a countdown to episode 100. If you've got any ideas that you're burning to tell us about, now would be the time. Yep, and we'll promise to ignore them. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Remember to roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. No, no, no. Thank you. Bye. See you next time. Bye-bye. Talking about it. just think about it for you. Yes.